0: Pride, greed, and a desire for power pretty much sums up the judge that we're looking at here today on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. The life of Abimelech, the Antichrist chosen by his own people. That's next. Join us. Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Well, today we have our final look at Judges chapter 9, verses 1 through 21, and the life of Abimelech, the destruction that he brought about in the nation of Israel. As we begin today, we take a look once again at the protection of the prophet and the severe punishment of the spiritually blind. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Now
1: just imagine with me, just imagine, I, I, I promise you I won't be longer because I could go all the way, but not, just imagine, this brother been risen from the dead, all his brothers are gone, and he's moved now to confront the killers of his family at the top of a mountain where they're all down there, and he won't just tell the truth in short order. He's stretching it out in a parable. Why? He's under a prophetic anointing. Do you hear me? Your Bible's a parable. God speaks in parables. The vast majority of people don't understand the Bible unless it's expounded and developed. The mapping that we do with ancient historical events on top of where we are today is because of the multi-level comprehensive truth of biblical teaching. We can easily map moral, ethical, and spiritual things from that time to now, can we not? Yes. And that's because the Bible is true. And truth is always what? Relevant. So now he's using the metaphor of trees and didn't Jesus use the metaphor of trees? Are y'all ready? Let the tree bear forth good fruit or be cut down. All right, let's listen to the parable. Here it is. The tree went forth, the trees went forth to, uh, on a time to anointed king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, reign thou over us. We have our framework. We know we're dealing with now a kind of horticultural metaphor, right? Because trees can't move. But these trees are moving about. They didn't went forth. First thing you want to learn is the trees are self-motivated. The trees are self-motivated. The trees are driven by their own ambition. The trees are operating out of a self-propelling objective. And what they want is someone to rule over them. Does that make some sense? The trees, therefore, are indicating that they are not content with God's nature over them with the clouds and the rains and the winds and the seasons. They need another ruler. It's so very important. All right, just walk with me. And they said unto the olive tree, but the olive tree said unto them, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me, they honor God and man. So here come these dissatisfied disgruntled trees, who are in need of something to rule over them, and they come to the olive tree. And the olive tree is not moved. The olive tree stands still, remains rooted, and begins to explain to these disgruntled trees how good God has been to the olive tree. Just settle down and enter into a child of God. Because the olive tree knows who he is. He knows whose he is. The olive tree is clear on who created him. He's clear on why he exists. He also is clear on how much of a blessing he is to both mankind and God. The olive tree is smarter than most Christians. Y'all keeping up with me? He says, why should I leave my fatness, my fullness, my voluptuousness? God made me this way. Isn't it a beautiful thing when you can say that? God made me this way. I'm not discontented. I don't have some kind of dysphoric relationship with myself. I am who he says I am. Right? Furthermore, As I am, God can bless people. And apparently, I bless men and women all over the place because I'm an olive tree. The Bible's clear about the olive tree all over the Bible. The olive tree represents that which has the capacity to anoint, to illuminate, to strengthen, to vivify. And what the olive tree says is God uses my oil to illuminate his temple so that his glory can be seen by everybody that looks to the temple. God takes my oil and pours it on the heads of men and women and families and tribes and blesses them to live for my glory. That's the olive tree. Now the olive tree is saying to the uh, uh, movable trees, I'm not going to give them a name yet, but these are discontented trees. Now fellas, why would I, Exchange my job for a job you want to give me to rule over you. (laughs) See, the Bible's very clear. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 10, verse 10, more can be said. Verse 10, got a couple more to go. And the trees ran over to the fig tree and said unto them, rule over us. And the fig tree, like the olive tree, said, but the fig tree said unto them, should I forsake my sweetness? Sweetness. It's apparent that the fig tree knows its nature. It knows its blessing. It knows its attraction. Now, again, like the olive tree, we know the fig tree. The fig tree represents Bounty, abundance, luxury, and absolute delicacy. The figs were always used to actually accentuate the meal. It was also used as a kind of aphrodisiac, if you will. I don't want to get too sexy with y'all, but if you read the book of the Song of Solomon, the fig tree was used to get the Shunammite woman all stirred up over her man. You can read that in your own time. But the fig tree, the fig tree always symbolized God's blessing on the nation of Israel when it walked in obedience. Y'all hear me? And I love me some figs. How about y'all? If you don't, you got something wrong with you. The fig tree represents the sweetness of a fellowship and union between us and God. Is God sweet? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when we talk about sweetness, we're talking about the nature of the anointing of the spirit of God that brings us into those places of joy and contentment and confidence and fullness. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the richness of the fellowship between us and Christ. I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. I call it God's candy. God's candy. He says. but the fig tree said unto them, should I forsake my sweetness and my what? And go to be promoted over the trees. I want you to get it, please. The olive tree and the fig tree would rather be what they are than to actually rule over somebody. One more. Notice what it says. Then said the trees unto the vine. Come thou and reign over us. Verse twelve. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine? All right, this is where you got to put your feet on the ground, breathe, and remain objective. Which cheereth God Cheereth God. Did you see that? Cheereth God. And man. Does it, saints? Does it? Does the vine cheer God? He made it. Did he make it? Would God make something that wasn't originally designed to cheer him? And the vine said, my wine cheers God. That means he knew that God was happy with him just the way he was. Now, you and I already know, I don't have to go all the way into it. You do understand the why, coming from the vine producing happiness has everything to do with the suffering of that vine representing the death of our Savior Jesus Christ. And by his death on Calvary, God was made glad because his righteousness is our righteousness and we are Jesus and Jesus is us in him. And the blood atoning work of Christ cleanses us from all sin and brings us into a joyful fellowship with our God that amounts to communion and happiness. And that's why the first miracle Jesus did when he came into Capernaum, was to turn the water into wine to point to the happiness of eternal life and eternal joy and the bounty of fellowship between God and his people. It points to the shedding of Christ's blood that forgives us of our sins and makes us right with God. Did y'all get that? Don't pervert it. Don't pervert it. Now, so you've got three trees that are in the scriptures, infinite and famous for representing God, representing Christ, representing the Holy Spirit, representing the people of God. They all seem to know their position, understand their roles are clear on their identity, right? And will not bow down to the faulty, flattering allurement of ruling over somebody. That is a picture of Christ. That is a picture of Christ. He came to be a slave. He came to be Jehovah's righteous servant. He did not come to to be ministered to, but to minister. That's your job, and that's my job, and that's where we are best when we are happy. However, when you fail to understand the blessings that God has given you, then you will be inclined to let the bramble tree rule over you. Here it is. Then said all the trees, all the disgruntled, discontented, agitated, rootless, fruitless, barren trees. Just y'all see that? No root, no fruit. These are all the trees that's just loose and, and, and free falling and, and, and wanting somebody to give them significance. And all the trees came unto the what? The bramble. The bramble. Now, who is the bramble in our text? Abimelech. Y'all got that? Abimelech. Let me help you briefly here. The bramble tree is not the olive tree. All right, pastor, we already know that. Well, the bramble tree is not the vine tree. We know that too. The the, the, uh, the the bramble tree is not the fig tree. Y'all know that. But what is the bramble tree? It is the thorny briar bush that I told you in Micah 7. It is a tree that has no fruit. It can't feed anybody. It can't comfort anybody. It doesn't nourish anybody. All it can do is scrape you up, scratch you up, and burn you up. That's all it can do. And these crazy people are asking for the Bramble to rule over them. Now, I want you to follow how Jotham closes it out, and you can go home. Because as I told you, you and I are always under warning in Scripture. As the rulers are, so are the people. We get what we choose every time in any sphere, any realm, any dimension, any station, any position in life, we get what we choose. Notice what the verse says. And the bramble said unto the trees. Are y'all ready? Now this here, (laughs) now, now watch this because the bramble's talking now. The bramble said unto the trees, if in truth, you anoint me king over you. And here here comes the condition. If you anoint me king, I'm king. And you're going to do what I tell you to do one way or the other. Y'all got that? This is is what you're getting ready to hear. If you sign on the dotted line, if you vote him in, you got him for life. And it don't matter how he act, He's going to be your king. And should you rise up and regret what he did in becoming your king, it won't matter. Because if you don't stop it right here, once he crosses over and becomes your king, it's too late. This is Jotham talking. This is the brother that was the least of the seventy. This is the one that they thought was dead. This is the one that rose from the dead and went to the top of Mount Gerizim. This is the one that's right now pouring out blessing. Who is he pouring out blessing upon? His brothers who were dead. His family who was dead. See, Jotham is speaking for those who can't speak for themselves. Am I making some sense? He's speaking for all of the elect to come. That God is still on his throne. And that as Isaiah chapter 57, one and two and three puts it, Isaiah 57, one, the righteous man perishes. Listen to it. It'll catch up in a second. The righteous man perishes. And are you ready? No one lays it to heart. So where I live. That's where I live right now. A lot of good people have been censored. They might as well be killed. You guys keeping up with me? You think this is a game, it's not. If If a person can disappear technologically so that you never see them and you never hear them, they might as well be dead. If a person plays a role in guiding you, informing you, expanding your understanding, rooting and grounding you at, at 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 minimal, admonishing you and 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 cudgeling you. And with just the swipe of a technological move, that individual can be wiped out of the communication world, he might as well be dead. See, long ago before technology became the tyrannical system employed, people would just disappear in the middle of the night. And the next day we go about our business like they don't exist. And you got to ask yourself, where do I stand with that? Because I know the conscious has to say, we're such and such. Right? Yeah. We're such and such. No, we Let me just go on about my business. That's exactly how you are conditioned to male adjusted evil that dominates your life. Because after all, you you hate evil. But we ain't going to do nothing about it. You're going to just watch people disappear. Die. Not even buried. What are are we doing today more prominently? Cremating. Make them disappear real quick. So there's no evidence of any crime committed. Let's hurry up and go back to our business. Get the music going. Let's get the play going. Don't even mention it once on the news. Are y'all hearing me? the very brave sister stood up in the days of this foolishness, loving humanity enough to get behind a microphone and say there are other ways to deal with this so-called pandemic. And she warned about technology being able to get into your bank account and shut it down. Stop you from getting on an airplane. Stop you from being able to get your resources. She's sitting in jail right now. And nobody even knows and nobody even cares. Are y'all hearing me? This goes on all around the world. Reporters and journalists and people who care, they're all prophets. They're all prophets. They disappear, and then we keep going on and partying and enjoying our lives. See it? Because the bramble tree is ruling. Here it is. The righteous perishes, and no man lays it to heart, and the merciful men are taken away. And no one considers that they're all being taken away because judgment's on its way. See it? So what if God removed the sons of Gideon because God is about to bring a judgment on Israel because of his wholesale abandonment of God? And what if God takes away righteous men and women who stand for the truth in order to make way for his wrath to come because they failed to hear the trumpet warnings of judgment? See, this is what Patrick and I were talking about in our last apologetics class. Where are we? Are we at the time of persecution or the time of judgment? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm fairly confident that that answer will not come to the forefront of our conscious affirmation until the evil is so great there's nothing for us to do but suffer the wrath. Fairly confident about that. Love to be wrong. Fairly confident about it. It's what I meant earlier when I talked about ideological subversion. They don't need our guns. They got our minds. Now listen what the bramble tree said and we'll close. Going back to our text. You can read Isaiah 57 for yourself and it's bad. Going back to our text, please, to read the last part of this parable. Here it is. And the bramble said unto the trees, if in truth you anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble. That sounds like freedom to me. Does that sound like freedom to you? <laughs> let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now, the cedars of Lebanon have always been a symbol of the nation of Israel, the people of God. The juxtaposition between the cedars of Lebanon and the bramble tree is the bramble tree is a small, ugly, hyper thorny tree that is neither beautiful nor good for food. It's just enough to cut up, chop up, and put down at the bottom of the cedar tree which is tall and stately and ornate. And it represents Israel in the pride of its own self glory, which is going to be burned up by the bramble. That's what the rest of your text teaches. Abimelech went to war with Shechem. Shechem went to war with Abimelech. And Abimelech took a bunch of trees and cut them down. Because the men of Shechem ran and hid in a tower, and he burned them all up, just like the text says.
0: And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world <laughs> on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. I care what they might say. Jesus sent away.
1: <laughs>